Welcome to Story Common Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 62. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComics.com. We are excited to have with us the incredibly talented and internationally recognized role-playing game artist and illustrator, Carmen Vance. Carmen, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Um, and I want you know, for the honest. We, before we went on the air, we sh we looked at your 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 mug. I don't know if you wanted to share what it says on your mug. That is yes, that is great. This yes. is very important for any artist out there. This is not paint water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got to ask you. Did somebody buy that for you? Or you bought that. And you said I need to have that. No, um, uh, actually, a friend of mine bought it for me for my birthday, which is uh, this coming Saturday. Um, I'm kind of notorious for accidentally drinking my paint water or like cleaning my brushes and my coffee. Uh, <laughs> so like after an hour, I look down and it's pretty much anyone's guess. <laughs> You're thinking of smell. That smells like a crap. Uh, it, tastes, it tastes a little bit like gouache. <laughs> is it gouache or is it Folgers? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, Either I'm way up. I'm up. Either way, I'm yes. <laughs> uh, so, so this is great. So, uh, be, before we kind of jump right into it, did you want to give uh, you know, kind of give people a little bit of background on how you got into how do you got into art? And we want to talk about some of your and you mentioned in, in many of your bios that you are a big old school role playing fan, and that's kind of where you like to like a lot of your artwork will go through in a little bit and kind of gravitate towards. But kind of give us a bit of a background on how you got started and so um i i originally went to school for art like fine art and uh i had to drop out so i i was an i was an art school dropout and uh for years i just i stopped drawing and in lieu of drawing i was like i need another creative outlet i opened an occult store <laughs> um, and uh, shortly after that, uh, a friend of mine's dad actually ended up uh, leaving me his first edition D&D books when he passed on, because I'd always wanted to get into role-playing games and just couldn't really find a group. So we'd talk about it every now and then. Um, but yeah, he left me everything. It was the Dungeon Master's Guide. It was the Monster Manual. It was like six players' handbooks. Uh, and I bullied some friends into playing. <laughs> So like after that, like just the the artwork in first edition D and D is spectacular. Like Earl Otis, like it's so outsider art, and it has it has such charm and energy. I think that's what made me start doing art again. Um, and then after I've been playing uh, AD and D for maybe six or seven years, I found Dungeon Crawl Classics and got really into that. Um, and my favorite artist, Doug Kovacs, I met him at a convention. And I think he was the one that really made me consider getting back into art. Um, yeah, so that that's the long and short of it. Um, but I'm no longer an art school dropout because I just went back to school. <laughs> 
<laughs> but either way, like it, it, it's it's a strange path to take. And, and your artwork, and we can all just pull some of this up here on your, uh, you know, a good example of it would be through uh, what we have here on your threadless.com site here. Uh, I would, I gotta say, so did you start off as like most of it, most of your work is it? do you do a digital or a lot of your work? It looks like it's all hand done. It's all hand done. <laughs> I'm pretty manual. Um, I do some cleanup with digital, like with Photoshop, but I, I don't really enjoy making digital art. Um, so yeah, I just, it, it's pen and ink. Wow. And I'm trying to get like a nice, uh, a pretty clean, pretty clean picture on here. So what is your, how, how's your process work like this? Now, do you, are any, a lot of these that we're looking at, are these things that have been commissioned from you or are these certain things that you just start drawing and, and you just uh, either just through inspiration or, or, practice because some of these look like they're there's stories behind some of these pieces of work yeah so um all of those were commissions um the guy with the, the unfortunate man with the axe through his face is for uh mike evans upcoming project uh uh orcs <laughs> a high octane adventure <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and the frog god uh, is for uh, Kate Bullock and Camden Wright. They have a project that's coming out. It should be in March, the Kickstarter launches, but it's called Voracious. Um, and that that's a really interesting project and it's gonna be ongoing. But uh, like for commissions, the process is basically like someone contacts me and they sort of have an idea in mind of what they want. Um, or like a space requirement, like I need a full page, I need a quarter page that's L-shaped to fill in this spot. Um, what do you think you can do for me? And I will, I'll usually do a few sketches and send them for approval before, uh, before they, you know, before I ink them. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, you know, and, and sometimes it'll be uh, kind of like this, but can you do it more this way and I'll change it, you know, depending mm. um, so for for some maybe like artists that are looking to do some illustration work in this you know the question they might be asking is like how did you get in this in the first place how did you make these connections with uh, uh some uh, game designers how did that work with you how did that happen um just through gaming honestly uh yeah. and i was fortunate enough to um be in Cincinnati, which is like a hub for gamers. And Todd Bunn, uh, his store, Gateway Games and more, he is he's a big proponent for people making their own games. Uh, I think at the same time when I was starting to publish, Jim Wampler was also at the store and he was playtesting Mutant Crawl Classics. And like he's you know, he worked for TSR. He's about as old school as you can get. So I was, you know, Tim Cask is there. He drops in every now and then. It's just a really inclusive spot um, for anyone that wants to game. So I, I think through that and just going to cons, uh, especially like the smaller OSR cons like Gary Con, I met a bunch of people and, you know, 
there's there's no one sorry my dog is drinking out of the water bottle so there's like this strange sloshing in the background um there's no one nicer than just like old school gamers and dcc people um so i i kind of feel like there's that energy of uh like the old punk ethos of diy like if you want if you want to do something just do it and you'll get better at it but the most important thing is just to get out there and do it um you know yeah and and so uh over this past year uh you know we're, we're we're getting towards you know you know, things are starting to get brighter, you know, both figuratively and literally speaking with yeah. days are getting longer and, you know, and, and, and we see an end to end at this, um, the pandemic, do you, what, what some of the things that you did, cause you did mention Gary Connie, you did mention going to some conventions. Um, have you seen, have you seen with, you know, during the pandemic that you've been, um, been able to get more work done or less work done because, of that that physical connection to your to outside groups like that i think less work and it's uh it's something that i've heard from creatives of all stripes like we Mm. all thought at the beginning of lockdown like oh i'm gonna get so much work done it's gonna be amazing but um i don't think that's been the case for most people and a lot of creatives that i know have experienced this and are kind of hard on themselves for it. Right. But, uh, you know, we're, we're all experiencing this collective trauma that, you know, I think the best artist is a happy artist, you know, um, one that feels like safe and well-fed and secure. So you can't really expect yourself to produce a lot under negative conditions. Um, I, I feel like I've done a lot of work, this year that I'm proud of, but I don't feel like my output has been as good uh, or prolific as years previous. So, yeah. And and so were you able to with this with the with the, a lot of you know kickstarters happening? Where do you see a lot of your um, uh, you getting now like some referrals from uh, from friends or coming people are coming back and asking you for more work and and where do you see? Uh, where do you see this mostly coming from new uh, new contract I guess contracts or clients or is it um, reoccurring clients um it's about half and half yeah um like either the the new clients are mostly people that have seen my work uh and it it vibes with them um so they contact me and I'm always happy to work with new people um, and I'm, 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 I am really excited to keep working with the same people though as well. Um, yeah, I, I, last year and this just shipped out, it was a project by Tim Deshane, who's a really well-known judge in the DCC community. And he finally started writing, uh, after we all pushed him to do it. He's one of the best, one of the best judges in the game. Um, so he did this uh, sort of turn of the century carnival DCC game where you play a carny. Okay. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's called One of Us. And uh, the first issue just came out in print and we're going to start working on the next one soon. So I'm really excited about that. Like, you know, like you want to stay with a project because you get to see it grow and evolve and just, you know, have your hand in it. So, because your art, because you, because your art and your style is is does as you say it, it has that homage to the 
to the to the OSR field of things. Do you has has there been any like have you been able to kind of like latch on to being like the the definitive illustrator for certain game lines, or is there something that you're that you're kind of working on that you have like your own ideas for or anything like that? Um, I, I don't know that I'm the definitive artist for anything. <laughs> um, I, I I think my style attracts people that maybe like that old school feel. Um, and there are a few other artists that do really old school stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I'm it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, so, and, and, so yeah, you, so, so with that, do you feel as though that, uh, that, that you kind of gravitate more towards that, like a specific genre um, over others? Cause your art style is also very reminiscent as well of maybe like, you know, like children's books or, or some other things. And I, and I do see that as, as much as, as much as your bio talks about the OSR piece of it, there's still, there's a lot of like, you also have some, we just showed some, some illustrations of also some of the, um, their early, the uh, sci-fi, uh, science fiction role-playing games as well. Um, the I, I love the old Ace and Daw books, the covers just choice like anything gold and silver age like I, I think I just sort of absorb some of that by osmosis and it comes out uh, but there's nothing better than a beat boop robot you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you have anything too that you like to you, you like to throw in like what 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 are the things that we talked about before we went on the air a bit about you know horses and bicycles and things like that is there <laughs> is there anything that you you always say listen i draw this really well i'm just going to try to fit this into this picture or is there anything that you uh that when somebody asks you about hey can you draw this you're like eh, maybe could i do this instead or is there anything that you kind of shy away from like that i have never shied away from anything but there have been a few times in my career when I felt like I was trying to learn a new language with each piece right. um, and, and kind of experiencing this. Because like, I, I feel like if you draw for long enough, you sort of build up shorthand vocabulary for things. Um, you know, someone that draws cats all the time, they can whip it out in two seconds. Right. Um, but if you're drawing something different every single time, uh, it, it is like learning a new language um, or a new clef if you're, you know, a musician. Um, so I, I don't think I've ever said no. Like, can you do this? No. I've, I've said I've never done this before, but we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, if there's anything that I do specialize in, it's like unexpected, silly and gruesome. Um, just sort of like, hey, there's a random decapitated head over here. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like it's what's what's fun about your style is that it, it as I said, it it fits it fits in where you have you have like anthropomorphic kind of animals, but at the same time, you also have like Sam Raimi esque horror <laughs> in it as well. Where it's you know, it's like it's not. It's not like frightening. It's frightening, scary, but not like nightmare scary. But it's 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 gory, but it's it's gory, but it's not gory in the sense that it's um, 
it, it's it's not gory in the sense that it's like that piece. I yeah. <laughs> um, I did I did that for Gong Farmers. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, the Gong Farmers Almanac is this great community project uh, by the Dungeon Crawl Classics people, and it's just people send in adventures that they've written and they organize, you know, artists to draw for it. Um, and a coworker of mine, when I was working as a chef, her dog sat for that picture and he was the goodest boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, you know, there's, there's always room for silliness and the absurd and, uh, you know, like, yes, there's, you know, there's a lish coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> but your dog will sit on him and ask for a treat. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, <laughs> and how how much of it have how much of that you done? Um, so your 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 artwork that you've that you've produced. Talk to us a bit about your 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 process. Are you is this something that you would do? Is like for instance that picture we just looked at. How long did it take you to do that piece? And and what was the process behind that? Um, that was a few years ago. It honestly probably took me longer than I thought it would, which mm -hmm. is usually the case with like pen and ink. Um, but uh, yeah, just as far as process, <clears throat> I, I find the most helpful thing is, uh, at least for me, to measure out the finish size that they need. Mm -hmm. um, and because I'm working, because I'm working uh, in physical media, I double it for quality. So I, I, I tend to work a lot larger than the finished size um, and then scale it down digitally when I send it off. Mm. Um, but yeah, that way I know what my parameters are and then I just start sketching. Mm. Um, and the, the piece will kind of evolve. And I, I think for this one, I was like, how, how does grass work? How do I even draw grass? And that was, you know, another aspect of like learning to speak a new language with every single drawing. Um, and, and how much do you do have to like, you know, pull up and do some research on that? Or do you, uh, now that the, the advent of, you know, the internet, it's so easy just to do a Google image search to, to figure something else like that. But do you actually have like with you as well, like a, you know, go-to pictures or you have a file that you can pull up and like this, I always have that certain references that you can always um, look at when you're working on a piece of art. Um, I think I tend to pull them up more ad hoc. Okay. Um, just sort of as needed. Um, I do love there, there was an Italian comic book artist named Sergio Topi and his work is absolutely fantastic. Um, but whenever I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if this is the best way to render something. I'll look at maybe how he did it. And I'm like, Oh, that's really clever. Cause the way he layered textures, um, like not, not, not that my technique is anything like his, but he was really interesting because he was also primarily a self-taught mm. artist. Um, but yeah, it, it just sort of, so there's, there's a few artists that I'll check out and be like, I, I wonder how they rendered this or simplified it or, um, and then, you know, just standard Google photo image search. What, what does an owl even look like? I, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you do draw a lot of owls, I see. Like early <laughs> on. So what's the connection with owls? Is that I just like them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They're very strange animals. <laughs> And 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 so do you see cuz you do have you know in your portfolio you do have a few color uh color works do you prefer black and white over color or color versus black and white how do you what what do you prefer to to work with your preferred medium like that um the black and white images are what's usually most in demand for like commissions okay. um just because of you know the limitations and cost of printing um, so generally when I'm doing color, it's just something silly that I've done for myself or for a friend. This was for my best friend, Madeline, uh, for Christmas. And she loves, she absolutely loves raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have... <laughs> and, and she just bought a house and is planning to do this exact same thing. <laughs> It's got to be in a place where there's raccoons then, obviously, right? It's Wisconsin. She's, oh, okay. she's, she's going to be queen of the raccoons. It's going to be amazing. And you mentioned earlier, though, that that you do sometimes you do some some touch-ups uh, digitally. What, what what format do you use? And, and, and do you see yourself kind of gravitating more towards that to other projects at all? Um, I try to keep it minimal. Like I don't, I don't smooth anything out. It'll usually be something like, um, I didn't erase all of my pencil lines, you know, and sometimes that's charming. I'll tell you what, when I first started, um, so Stefan Pogue is one of my absolute favorite artists working right now. Like his stuff is spectacular. He does things with perspective that no one else does or can do. And they're weird and medieval. I feel like he's the reincarnation of Hieronymus Bosch, but he leaves his pencil lines in sometimes. And I always felt he did that on purpose because it gives this aliveness to it. I think he's the only person that can do that and make it look good. And when I do it, it just looks like absolute trash. So I'll usually like just like scrub those out digitally um, or, uh, you know, correct the levels sometimes if like the black and the white isn't really coming through because uh, scanners are a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I try to keep it really minimal so you can definitely tell that it's it's from physical media. And do you use... Was it Photoshop or what would you use for? Uh, usually Photoshop. Um, okay. Lately, I've been using Photopia, which is free. <laughs> <laughs> and I highly recommend for any artist on a budget. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you use? So when you set up, like, say, for instance, you know, walk, walk us through a, like a normal, like a, a in, you know, a, and that if somebody reaches out to you and you know and asks and asks for a, for a drawing from you, um, it how how does that work? What's the setup like? For instance, um, so for say you have somebody that's asking like, hey, I want to do this too. Do you have some formalized like, all right, here's a here's my contract. This is how much I charge, or there's more of a discussion involved on that. What are the steps on that going as a professional artist? 
Um, I strongly recommend to any artist or or person reaching out, you know, to to drop like a some sort of contract, um, just mm. because it protects everyone involved. Right. Um, I have often worked without a contract, and I am lucky in that it has never come to bite me. You know, I, I <laughs> I'm very lucky, but a lot of that is because the people in the gaming community are really tight, and a lot of it is like word of mouth. And if you screw somebody over, there's obvious repercussions to that. But like, uh, just so that you know, everyone is clear about expectations. I feel like a contract is important. Mm -hmm. So if somebody reaches out to me, um, you know, they'll, they'll generally ask what my rates are <clears throat> and I charge by like its size and complexity. Mm -hmm. Um, so like a piece of spot art that's, you know, just a single figure would be a lot less than like a full page battle scene. Um, so they, you know, I, I give them sort of a range of rates and ask them how soon they'll need it because I, I won't always have slots open um, and I don't want to keep anyone waiting. So kind of getting an idea of when they'll need it is helpful. Um, and then we just work from there. So. And, and how much time do you, so say you get a commission in place, uh, is it depending on uh, the size of it, do you say I'll need X amount of days as compared to if it's a, it's a smaller thing? What would be your average turnaround that you would give uh, that you would expect from someone who wants that's asking you what for a commission? What would be the average turnaround you would give them? It's it depends. <laughs> um, so like a large piece might not take as much effort as a small piece if there's say they want just huge swathes of black throughout it that I can just dump ink to, you know, dump ink into. <clears throat> that would take a lot less time than something that was, you know, a half page and each all of it was stippled um, and really detailed. So I, I kind of base like how much time I'll need on that. Um, and I mean, ultimately, like as a working artist, sometimes it's more important to get things done. And this is a, advice for artists, you know, it, it, you have to get it done by the deadline and you have to figure out how you're gonna make that work. And sometimes that means changing the design. So yeah, yeah. you just sort of work that into your workflow. <laughs> like, have you ever been in a position where they, you've, you've, you've drawn something up and they're like, ah, I changed my mind to do this. So what do you have the, the power as the as the commissioned illustrator to say, if you want me to do another one, it's going to cost you more. Or if you want me to do another one, it's yes. going to take longer. <laughs> and that's why <clears throat> that's another reason why it's important to have contracts. Uh, like I've I've commissioned other artists uh, for projects that I was involved in with fans games when I knew the workload was too hard. And I was like, oh, I really like this person's work. So I'll reach out to them. And it was a great chance to view other people's contracts. Okay. So a lot of artists have, um, you know, stipulations in that after they start inking, <laughs> if you want to make any changes, it'll be an additional 50% on top of, you know, on top of the already stated commission price, because they're essentially redoing the entire piece. Right. Um, so, you know, that's why, so communication is really important and sh sending your sketches 
to the person that commissioned you is really important so they can improve the sketch. Um, and that way you haven't put so much time into it. Um, yeah. Do you see also, I don't know, if they, do you see um, as somebody who physically creates the art, uh, do you see that it creates more value? Like there's, and and not to disparage any because I've 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 interviewed plenty of digital artists and plenty of like actually writing like drawing it out artists. So uh, I'm agnostic when it comes to 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 this, but I'm curious of like from a business perspective, do you feel as though uh, that there's more value to that to physically drawing it because then you can say this is yours, or do you say like in the contract? you're asking for a digital rendering of this. That's yours. I get to keep the actual finished piece. How do, is there any conversation with the, those aspects of it? Um, I sell the original piece separately. So okay. um, generally when someone is commissioning me, they're commissioning the rights for reproduction. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and that's another thing that you can put in a contract is you have the right to you know, publish this in your book, but I might retain the right to put it on a t-shirt um, or I can sell you the right to put it on a t-shirt as well to promote your book. Um, but yeah, and you know, I'll, if, if somebody has commissioned me and they wanna buy the original piece as well, I usually give them a discount on that because you know, it, it, <laughs> the portfolio gets thick. <laughs> <laughs> and lugging around paper is, um, it, it's a lot. <laughs> so that's okay. So you're able to, I'm glad we're talking about this. Cause so you're, you're, you're able to then pull up, you know, for instance, you're, you're able, you're able to say, all right, when you do this, I can, <clears throat> I can, I can put these on t-shirts like you said. Yeah. So, so for instance, like here's your, all your owl pictures here. Um, do you, so you're, you're able to, then you're, you're able to say, uh, and is that, is that common? Is that, is that normal practice or is that something that somebody told you you should do this? Like you own that you own the rights that they only, they're only paying you for the, the rights to put this in their book. Is that, um, it was something that I learned from, uh, a couple of comic book artists mentioned it, that they reduce their page rate if they can maintain, um, more rights to an image, but okay. they charge more if they are selling the image outright. So if the image rights belong entirely to the other party, it's going to cost a little bit more because they won't be making residuals on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think everyone is a little bit different, um, and it, it all depends on what you know what you want to do with it. Right. So, talk to us a bit about just like yeah, like you know, like as we said earlier about your your process. So, like, say for instance, I said you you get your commission, you you do it. So they give you a certain time to do this. Uh, two questions for you. One, uh, do you? have a standard schedule that you kind of keep or in if to, do you actually also are able to do multiple commissions at once? So you're able to kind of balance out your schedule with that. How does that work for you? Um, I try to have a few projects going sort of overlapping a little bit. Um, 
it was actually a piece of advice that I got from Doug Kovacs. Um, and it was, it was just about, you can't spend all of your time on one piece because you will get creatively stuck. So work on one piece, work on another and kind of flow through. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, every artist has a different workflow. So just kind of figuring out how much time it takes, you know, you as an individual to finish something um, is just good practice. Mm. So just something good to keep in mind. Um, yeah. And do you have, and, and you're at the point, cause you have these, you know, uh, <laughs> certain connections and stuff like that. Um, would you recommend um, other artists to say, Hey, you know, you, 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 you kind of pull up your schedule and says, Hey, it's, uh, I'm kind of light in April or things are, uh, would you like reaching out to your, your, your previous clientele and say, you're working on anything new. I got some free time in April or May or March or, um, does that, does that happen as well? And would you recommend doing something like that too? Um, I've never done that, but that sounds like an absolutely fantastic idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think there's always something to do you know what i mean like uh so if if i like i plan to eventually set up a dedicated website and i'm like bet as soon as i have some free time that's what i'm gonna do um but yeah it's uh yeah if you sort of forecast that your commission schedule is kind of low i absolutely recommend like telling people you know, on your social media, hey, I have, you know, open slots for commissions, contact me, let me know your projects or reach out directly if there's, you know, if there's a writer you really want to work with or another artist. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> have you so then I'm talking about the OSR stuff? I'm, I am I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated because I, uh, I, I've never actually got into the the, 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 I think I was AD and D was the Advanced Dungeons Dragons. I think is when I when I started. And do you do you find yourself getting like like ideas in 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 the artwork where you're like, or do you kind of like put a little Easter egg for people that 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 know you? Do you ever put? Do you ever try to hide things and yes. Um, so, um, <clears throat> there was an Easter egg. It's it sort of become infamous. It's in a module that I did called Mother's Maze. Um, I don't know if I can say it on air. How how can I say bad words on here? Uh, you can we can uh, um, refer. You can allude to it, but maybe not say it. <laughs> um, okay, so I tell everyone that for this specific piece, yeah. I hid. Um, 30, I think it was 37 fallacies. Okay. <laughs> and they spend, they spend 10, 20 minutes just staring at this piece, like a where's Waldo trying to find them all. But the secret is in the printout of the, there, there's a computer printing something out in the background and I wrote it in Morse code. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, there's like, there's like strange Easter eggs in there. Um, like that. <laughs> All right. So we have, <laughs> wait a minute. Is this, it? is this the one? Is it, is it, is it, is it this one? No, not that one, no, but that okay. one came from the same module. Um, okay. let me see. I can probably pull it up and send it to you. 
and, and how 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 are you doing with also with your because you have a Redbubble account and you have some other ones. Is was that another thing you might recommend to to artists as well? Like this is a is that you see this as a good like passive income stream to to help things out as well? Um, it it potentially can be. I I haven't made a ton of money from it, and in some ways, it's been more trouble than not. Um, I like I uh, recently I had a piece of work suspended by Redbubble uh, because Five Finger Death Punch said that it was their work. Oh, really? So they, yeah. So like I got, I got a copyright infringement notice and I'm like, this is impossible. I like, I, and I did reverse Google image searches. I like submitted process photos to Redbubble and said like, Hey, I still have the physical art. Here's my original contract for it. Um, Five Finger Death Punch has nothing like this, um, but just weirdly, like out of nowhere, they were trying to claim my work as their own. I contacted them. I sent them messages on Twitter, um, just like, hey, 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 guys, can you like vouch for me? And they never responded. Um, but yeah, it's it was suspended for like two months. So that was two months. I wasn't making money from it, and uh, just like the extra time that it took to. <laughs> Yeah, so eventually they were like, Redbubble was like, fine, I guess it doesn't belong to them, you can have it back. But by then, like, the views had dropped and it, it just wasn't making any money. So some people make a lot of money from Redbubble and Threadless and other sites like that. But, uh, I mean, it, it's, it kind of all depends. I feel like if you're already making an image and you have a digital version of it, it doesn't hurt to put it up. Um, especially on a site like that where you are retaining the rights to it. They aren't trying to lay claim to it. Right. Um, right. And then if you make money, you make money. And if you don't, it's fine. It's just another way for people to find you. Is that, is that how, is how, how hard is that or easy is that to, to just claim somebody else's artwork like that? On there, it's very easy. <laughs> um, but like they also have, um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like it's a site where it seems like half of it is Bob's burgers and I know it isn't licensed stuff. You know what I mean? So there are people that are stealing images and putting them up there, but there are also a ton of just great artists. Um, and you know, I, I do believe that artwork should be accessible and everyone's art, like everyone's life is improved by having access to art. So if you're like, not everyone can afford, you know, a three or $400 original, but they can afford this $3 sticker, this thing that they really like, like they, they should have that, you know? Um, I, I sent you the robot image. <laughs> If, if you want to show people what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have, oh, I think this is on your DVNR, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. But just like in the, in the background, the little, the little computer paper has a message in Morse code. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, that is, you made it sound like a lot more risque than it actually does look like. So, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> you have <laughs> and it was a reference to clerks so. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah you have to yeah you have, uh, yeah that's funny that's that's good so yeah so check it out so for everyone wants to see it it's, so what is your uh, do you, do you have like through Redbubble and, and, and Threadless, do you actually have like a kind of like go-to image that people will, that seem to be popping more than others or? Uh, I feel like it fluctuates. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. And do you have, uh, and how do, how do you see, like you, you have some of your, 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 as we, we talked earlier about your colors was like your, the, the mushrooms. And then there's that, that, that beautiful, that 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 beautiful um what did you got like a nature goddess or something like that or what yeah. is was that from an actual book as well was that was that an actual commission too or is that no that was just uh i was i i really needed some color in my life so i yeah <laughs> that was just uh like a a personal project yeah. i i do like to just sort of have strong narratives in pieces you know what i mean like there's there's always a story in there right. um and you know it, like the the viewer can build the story as they like um and be included in it but yeah and and do you, and so do you prefer as i said you, we mentioned before that you you do for commission commission wise you seem to stick to the black and white piece of it um have you have, have you you know worked with uh people have you had anybody you know ask for specific commissions um for any any color versions color artwork at all or have you said someone says hey i like what you did here can you do a color version of that or and if that was the case would you just redo it all or would you scan it in and make a digital digit make it a digital color of that um you know i don't no one's ever done that like asked me to redo a piece in color um i feel like it would be easier to turn a color piece into a black and white <laughs> <laughs> but i i would probably just start it all over because um. <laughs> you know some it's, so, yeah some of the work especially some of that science fiction that sci-fi stuff would be curious of what it would you know what you know what you know, is that a gold room or is that a silver? You know, it's like all the like. <laughs> and and so so you know you know with that said, that uh, what are some more advice that you would give to artists uh, wanting to start doing some um, looking for do commissions for their work? Um, as far as like sort of putting themselves out there or seeking jobs. Yeah, like some of the, it's you know, and I'm I'm sure you can think of some of those people you know a few years ago who were like, you're like, no, this is really good. No, nah, I'm afraid I don't really want to. See, you yeah. can't be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to be good enough in your own mind. Like you can't wait until you're good enough to start putting yourself out there because otherwise it's just never going to happen. Um, it's it's like you say you're in school and you have an essay due, you can't spend the rest of your life research. I mean, you probably could spend the rest of your life researching that topic to make the best paper possible, but you have to get that, you have to get that paper done. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think no matter what level you're at right now, you just need to start putting yourself out there. Um, 
you know, and like there are artists that I followed for years on Instagram that I've watched change and grow and it's been absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, don't wait. Uh, Don't undervalue your work, but you know, if you're just starting out, like make sure that you're, you know, you're communicating that clearly with the person that you're working with. If you've taken money for it, like, Hey, I'm not really used to this process. So if you could, you know, like give me a little hand holding, I, f- I feel like that's fine. Yeah. You know, and like earlier I mentioned the gong farmers almanac and that is, I feel like it's the best intro into learning how to publish and stick to a schedule and it has um just the people that are involved in it are really good uh really good resources and really friendly um so you know like you're not getting paid for it but you know a lot of people will see your work it's usually distributed at gen con um at the goodman games booth um but yeah a lot of people will see your work you'll get to work with a lot of really great writers um and your stuff will be published so Something like that's good. And and how how often have you been working with specifically in like uh, the module system, and and done other work with say as we mentioned earlier like uh, like illustrations for other books or maybe sequential art like illustrations and like graphic novels or anything like that. Have that have you um, getting a lot of uh, questions or directions on any of that stuff as well? Um, I think, so I'm, I'm a big fan of graphic novels. Um, I probably consume more than I've actually made. Um, I, I just finished and started coloring, uh, Ghost of the Second City, which is my first large scale graphic novel. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I, I, I think the advice is the same. Like, you will always look back on your work with deep shame (laughs) and that's okay like there will always be there's always going to be something that you feel like you could have done better but you're not going to realize that until you start doing the work so it's more important to do the work and put it out there than you know wait to get better right yeah yeah cool all right well this is great carmen do you want to uh, um we're, we're we're getting near the end. Do you want to uh, tell people where where can they find you? Is it mostly on Instagram or I see you have like a you, you have a I don't know, an Instagram or a Twitter handle or or you also have a Deviant Art page. Where would people be the easiest way to find you? Um, easiest is probably on Instagram uh, or Deviant Art. Um, okay, you can find me on Facebook. If you find me on Facebook, I want to see your artwork though. Like. <laughs> Like send me your stuff. I want. I want to look at it. I want to hang out and talk art with you guys. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. really active on Instagram. I see that, and you're also very active on. And you're also very active on on Deviant Art as well. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Carmen. This was great. Um, I think we, we definitely learned me. a lot. Yeah. This is, as I say, great stuff. Fun stuff. Um, is. I, I've never, I've never had the pleasure uh, so much as to talk to somebody that their artwork is full of charm, innocence, but still have that Sam Raimi as, you know, 
gore Thank about it. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Maybe I was listening to, I can't remember where I heard this, but they said that the two hardest things to draw is bicycles and horses. So if you can draw a horse riding a bicycle, you've mastered. I'm going to try that tonight. <laughs> um, I think the last time I tried to draw a bicycle, uh, I couldn't remember how bicycles looked. <laughs> Because it's just one of those things you take for granted, right? Right. Um, yeah. But like <laughs> way back in the day in elementary school, I was one of those horse girls who was always drawing horses instead of, you know, doing my work. So it's no problem. <laughs> I'll just stick them on a bicycle. <laughs>